Hello and welcome back to another exciting spotlight episode of Traveling Through the 80s with the 80s Kids. I am your host, Kyle Lentz, and with me as always is Daring Don Brown. Hello. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's, I like that. <laughs> I daring, took away yeah. the debonair and the dash. Let's make it <laughs> well, daring. A lot of D words, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as it's not a, a bad one, we're all right. So, <laughs> All right, so, so we're excited today. We got a pretty special guest. We're going to be uh, talking today about some classic... 80s movies as well as going into modern stuff uh because our guest is currently still still out there acting still out there doing and writing music as well we've got with us uh actor courtney Gaines. thank you so much for joining us what's up guys i'm digging the backgrounds we got a birds (laughs) over there and we got it now yes yes. technically memphis bell is the 90s it was shot in 89 but it came out in 99 yeah (laughs) yeah you're you're very daring man you're already into the 90s (laughs) well and i what we so t- many we choices to choose, you know, backgrounds, and then I can see the poster in your background. So I'm like, I think I yeah, I there it is, there it is. Actually, that's a that's a kiosk that somebody got me. And I did a movie, which is very cool. Oh, um, but yeah, awesome. I, I love your I love your background though. It's awesome. Yeah, we we do dabble into the '90s a bit too. So we're we're not <laughs> exclusively '80s. We go '70s, we go '90s, we go I'm all. Just all busting things. your chops, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. We're good. <laughs> so uh, so thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we yes. really just want to kind of kind of chat with you see what uh you know you're up to and and talk about sure. your career uh where it's where you started and how you got to where you're at so sure. so where how what did get you started into acting what was it that that interested you there so uh According to my father, I declared I was going to be an actor at six years old. Some some adult asked me what I wanted to do. And he said, he said you looked him right in the eye and you said, I'm going to be an actor. Like I was almost offended by the question, you know. It, and, and that's interesting. You know, very powerful, not want to be, going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So he said he remembered that. And he, he thought to himself at that point, well, if there's anything I can do to help make that happen, I will. And and they did. They, they scrounged the pennies together and kept me in an acting class. And stuff. But so... The first thing I can remember is maybe when I was 10, did uh, I was in this after school program where all the tough kids were, all the broken homes, all the people who had to wear two jobs and such. And there's this woman named Ms. Gardner who was tough as nails and she would get us to do theater. <laughs> I don't know how. Really? She got she got the toughest kid in school, Frankie, to to do the lead. And we were in drag in some play. I don't even remember the name no of kidding. it. Yeah, it's crazy, right? This was very progressive. She, That's she awesome. was ahead of her time. But it yeah. gave us the rest of us were like, Yeah, sure, we'll do it. Cause I was like, Oh, you think we're funny in dresses? Let me go tell Frankie you said that. They'd be like, no. <laughs> but but then we did Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, started out as a dwarf, mm-hmm. as a character, you know, character actor, right? And the, the prince dropped out and she wanted me to do it. And I didn't want to do it. I'm like, oh God, I gotta kiss the girl. Like, well, I'm 10 <laughs> years old. I don't want to do this. I go out though. And I do it and the crowd applauds and I'm like, hooked. I'm like, right. Like that's it. I'm all in. And from that point on, I would just constantly pester my parents about it. And finally at 13, my mom took me to an acting class that I did not like. You got to say, I was a kid who grew up in a tough neighborhood in the hood. Mm. This was like, tights and tap dancing and like that's because that's what she knew <laughs> my mom was my mom was a in like a uso mm. back in world war ii in entertaining troops so that's what she knew okay and i was like i hate this class i'm gonna quit and this guy stopped me on the street named virgil fry who, who uh, i didn't recognize but he was a working actor he said i like your son's look uh i'm teaching a class i'm like i don't know about this guy he goes my son's an actor his son comes out from this audition his son's name's sean fry and you may not know who he is, but he was in the original movie Fun with Dick and Jane. He was the kid okay. in that. He was yep, in a yep. ton of movies the weeks. He was in E.T. And I'd recognize mm. him right away. And I said to myself, my God, like this guy must know what he's talking about. His right. kid works. And I joined his class and, and he became my mentor. I was with him. I studied with him for over 10 years. He became my manager and helped break me into the business. Oh, wow. 
That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That's great. So what was one of the first roles you remember like that really stuck out to you that you actually nailed an audition for? Well, you're going to be surprised because, I mean, the, the first role I ever got was 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 Children of the Corn. Right, right. Absolutely. So it was like huge, huge. Uh, and, and Linda Francis, the woman that cast that, is it was the big reason I got that job. Now, uh, this is one of the advices I give. People are always like, give me acting advice. I'm like, if you can get three casting directors to believe in you, you can work. Like even one, mm. you can work. That's right. that's the gatekeeper, right? Mm -hmm. So she had seen me in a showcase back in the eighties. There was this the beginning of showcases where the, you'd invite all these casting directors and producers and agents and managers to come down, feed them a bunch of wine and cheese, and then do do like five minutes. You know, every actor gets like five minutes. They like you, they take your picture. So that I was just kind of in the beginning of that happening, and she took a liking to me. Mm -hmm. And she brought me in for this other film. I don't even remember the name of it because it never happened, but I got cast in it. And so that was like the mm -hmm. first quote unquote job I'd ever gotten. And then the movie didn't happen. But then she brought me in for Children of the Corn. And when it came down to like two or three of us, she was going, that's the guy. This guy's going to, this guy's good. And made, you know, changed the trajectory of my life, you know? Right, right. And, and I mean, that's a big deal too, because you're talking, that's when Stephen King movies were like hot properties. It was, I mean, it that was, was just starting to yeah. happen, right? Yeah. But horror, you have to understand, was still mm -hmm. very much looked down to upon as right. B movies. I remember right. the critics hating it. I remember the critics hating me. You know, and it was <laughs> and it, so. It was like on one That's hand, be tough. yeah. Be well, tough. on one hand, you're getting that right, and then on the other hand, you're getting. I'm getting recognized everywhere I go, and like mm -hmm. kids having huge reactions running to their mother crying and all this stuff. I was, like, I was not ready for all of that. It was right. like, whoa, like, like, you know, yeah. like you're, you can't go anywhere now without eyeballs on you. It freaked me out, you know, mm -hmm. but right. who knew that in the course of history that they would end up being on the wrong side of history and, and horror would go mainstream. Right. right? Absolutely. Who saw that coming. And right. yeah, <laughs> Stephen King is, so we've been riding right. Stephen King cape for now almost 40 years. Next year is going to be 40th children of the corn. That's that right. Great? Yeah. 1984 oh, yeah. and that's do you just appeared the the newest one am i correct it was that uh no the the the, okay. the, the, the prequel they just did i think okay it, yeah, yeah no, I wasn't sure it. okay but did you appear in other ones like through the uh, there's like, almost a few times almost okay almost <laughs> was in john's john franklin wrote and started in show the corner 666 that almost gotcha. happened i was new something or not and then the tv sci-fi version i was going to do a cameo okay, in that right. For Don Borchers, who was the, the producer of the original one, he was directing mm -hmm. it. And uh, I got caught and I was in a convention in Florida, or I think it was Florida, it was East Coast, and I couldn't get where I had to get because of weather. Mm. But I think sci-fi never forgave me for it because I've been <laughs> on their blacklist ever since. I'm, I'm oh. serious. Like, I got cast in a, mm -hmm. a really good guest star, one of their big shows, and then they can't they they kicked me off. No and yeah, and and my agent, my manager gets interviews. Like I'll be on the list, and then an hour later they'll call me. Like no, not him. So like I think, I think, I think Don Borchers never told him the truth that I missed a plane. That's what I think. Due to weather, you know, <laughs> it's kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. You know, I'm not used to. You know, I, I I'm a professional. You know, what I mean, I say right. show, show up. So well, it, it, the cool thing is that, and I see this in in online a lot. I see the ads for these. They're making new Children of the Corn action figures. Yes, um, Malachi and um, one of the other children. Yeah, and, 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 was... and Isaac, John, me and John yeah. Franklin, we're forever linked together as Isaac and Malachi. There's no, yeah. no, we we do conventions together. You know, awesome. it was both our first film. We'll be forever friends and linked together. There's no That's getting cool. around it. But yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Trick, Trick or Treat made it. Trick or Treat, yes, is making it. And Trick or Treat, one of the guy from Trick or Treat, um, 
was in and made the masks for a movie that I helped produce and was in called Candy Corn. Um, mm, yep. so, so there's a whole full circle there. That's fantastic. Yeah. But it's going to be kind of surreal to see those that figure uh, like it's now. Cool. It's cool. It's cool. And yeah. now I'm in talks with someone. Um, Jeremy Ross is his name who who uh, has a contract with Funko or Funk. Yeah. Fun, Funko Pops. <laughs> and we're talking about making a Children of the Corn one and a Birds nice. one for the 40th anniversary. Oh. So we're kind of awesome. in the design process right now. So that would be kind of crazy, too. That so. would be great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So now Children of the Corn. It, it was a, it was a pretty good hit, you know, and obviously you're getting recognized. What, what what where did you kind of travel from there? What was the next? Uh... So I went on this terror, right? Like for like five years. So the whole thing back then was you had to be 18 and look younger as you know, for teen cinema. Right. You couldn't work right. full days if you're under 18. Emancipation mm-hmm. laws were not what they are now. So that was a big. So I had five years of studying under my belt, plus looking 15 when I'm 18 and, <laughs> and, and teen cinema is blowing up. So I was at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Right. So right after that was a movie called Hard Bodies. Mm-hmm. Let me a picture's put out that that uh, that uh, was also another B movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cor- Corman Corman made it. Roger Corman, but the director Mark Griffin. Uh, I was in an acting class with him in uh, 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 in Santa Monica. That I used to go to, and he he kind of tailor made that role for me. I still had the audition, but it was kind of a foregone that I was going to get it. So I came right back and was mm-hmm. right into that, and then right after that I did Lust in the Dust, which oh. was. That's a yeah. that's a crazy movie. I it's just a, recently it's a very cool and crazy movie. <laughs> it uh-huh. is, but but, but a, at the time, yeah. you know, at the time I was like, um, I was young, right? And I was this is the first time I was going to go on look. Well, second I was going to go on location, and, and the casting directors were like, "If you have any problems, the first AD straight," which really like scared me more, <laughs> right? It didn't make it better, it scared me more, and it had nothing to do with anything. Everybody right. was great. Everybody was great to work with. It was such a wonderful veteran cast of actors. I stayed, mm-hmm. I, I, I worked for two weeks and, I, and knew, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which was just an amazing place. I wish I had been smart enough to buy property back then because now it's like super, super popular. Right. Um, but it was mm-hmm. beautiful. I stayed two more weeks just so I could watch all these wonderful veteran actors work. And mm-hmm. which which I'm glad I did because I, I learned a ton. Oh, that's fantastic. So, so like watching them, learning from them, you're sort of... Uh building what you know when you take the next role how to really be, be even well, more professional well one thing i always i was smart enough to know smart enough to understand when i was young was that you you could learn from your peers not only from their successes but from their mistakes like because because mm-hmm. you know because sure. all, all, all you know, people make mistakes too and you can learn from that so i always was one to look to an older crowd for guidance and to watch these these veterans work now, now i'm them right now now right. I'm, and something that young people are watching me you know it's, it's right. funny i'm telling them stories let me tell you a story you know <laughs> <laughs> my day yeah right. it's, it's it's pretty funny but uh That's yeah awesome. no i i mean there was some really i mean you know jeffrey lewis was absolutely hysterical oh yeah you know? he's he's fantastic I, yeah. I would have to bite my lip while takes were happening because you know i couldn't laugh and blow takes you know right. <laughs> uh but he, he was fantastic but i mean caesar romero man i got to watch oh, caesar yeah. romero I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know I mean, like, like, you know, and he still had magic, you know, still had magic. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I like, like, you know, I've seen it all, kid, been there, done it, magic, magic, action, well, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> turn it right on. That you know? cool. That's all. That'd be really cool to see him in in action. I mean, the OG Joker, you know, just really, yeah, the, the yeah. best Joker, you know, way, you know? <laughs> yeah. certainly the OG, you know, yeah. yeah, so over the top, and and that I still see, you know, I still see episodes you watch. I mean, it's just he's right. Humble he's unbelievable right right 
And now, since when they mentioned that, you know, growing up watching it, I'm like, now that they mentioned that, you know, he they covered up his mustache because he refused to shave it. Now, when you see it, like, oh, I see it now. But as a kid, <laughs> yeah. you weren't paying attention to that. Yeah. And before that, he was, you know, Mr. Devonair leading man. Yeah. It was such a such a different gig, really, for him. I mean, he was he was he was he was he was, he was the original Rico Suave, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, teen movie explosion, middle of the yes. 80s. Yes. You get cast in Back to the Future. One of yes. the biggest movies. I think of that the was 80s. like maybe third, fourth film, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and and it's a memorable role too because you're the one that yeah. basically gets George McFly the rest of the courage that he needs to. Yeah, I mean, be, you be know, if you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a small part in a movie, it's good to have it in a in a in a part in a you know an arc that matters, and that obviously right. is the most most important one of the most important arcs in the movie. So absolutely, and and there's dozens of kids in that scene, you know, kids in that scene, but yours is one they'll remember because of that moment, and that's right. that's pretty right. cool. Right. Yeah. We shot that dance sequence for like three days. I, 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 Zemeckis was, you know, I, nobody who Robert Zemeckis was then, mm -hmm. but obviously he's gone on to be oh, yeah. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> and uh, right. he shot that scene in every conceivable way possible angle. But I mean, he just shot probably the most I've ever seen anybody shoot out a scene, but it was a, you know, it was a big, you know, toward the end of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. It needed to, it needed to be covered well. It was a big right. scene and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's it, it's a great you know the enchanting under the sea is is, is, a, is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, years later, I went back and did a convention there. It was at mm -hmm. this uh, it's it's this it's this old Methodist church in Hollywood, this big Methodist church, and, and they have a a basketball court and you know like from like the nineteen fifties in the back, and they they actually redid the entire enchantment awesome. from the sea. It was like deja vu. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, at the same location. Yeah. Same Look, same setup. I was like, "Wow, this is a trip." Yeah, we we interviewed uh, Jeffrey Weissman, and he's he's yeah. uh, he talked about that as well. And he thought he's you know how wonderful that uh, so once in a, once or twice in a lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. That's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, it, it makes pretty... sense for right for back yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah. So um, now moving on from from a lot of those films, what was uh, uh you know from there what, what was a movie that kind of stood out or a TV show too? Because you were in a lot of uh. A lot of shows well, from the 80s. Really. Well, so so the the run, the 80s run ended with Memphis Bell, right? Even mm -hmm. though it came out in 90. Mm -hmm. And that was the movie to get for a young actor that year. Like yeah. every everybody wanted it, right? Big names, whatever. Everybody wanted it. But they budget-wise, or maybe they just didn't want to have a completely all-star cast. They sort of had tiers of like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Eric Stoltz money's up here, you know, and then mm -hmm. I was like that third tier. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but I knew if I was auditioning for it, that they were, that they were serious about, you know, looking at other people. So I was fortunate enough to get cast in that. And then I, I, I sort of made the mistake of thinking I had arrived, you know, like that right. was like, I have, this is going to be a huge film. I have arrived. Right. Yeah. And so two things about that. One was we could not have foreseen the, the first Iraqi war that came out right as the film was coming out. So the right. timing was terrible. And mm -hmm. I think it really hurt the the, the box office of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and two, I, I sort of took my off the ball and wasn't, I was getting big auditions, all, you know, but I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't really prepping and doing the work. I was, I was too, I was schmoozing, which I never did before. Like I always look just really concentrated on what I was doing in auditions and things. But I also started a band, my first band, which was mm. called The Gathering. I started a production company and I was part mm. of a really good theater ensemble company called Friends and Artists Theater Ensemble in LA. And uh, not shortly thereafter, 
my girlfriend then became my wife, got pregnant with my son. And so all these things sort of, I sort of took my eye out the ball and you'll see there's, if you look at my IMDb, there's kind of a gap right after that for a couple of years. And um, so once, once I realized I was going to have a, a son, I, I I got serious again and was like telling my band, like, if you're not hitting the road, like, or, you know, yeah, the like I got real, like, if you're not making me money, like I'm out. Cause the one thing I know I can do is act and I can, right. and the only person I got to rely on to get those jobs on the bottom line is me. I mm -hmm. go in these rooms and I do my job. And that was when, that's when the pivot um, to like a TV run kind of happened. A lot of guest stars mm -hmm. and also kind of was transitioning out of teenage actor into adult actor. And mm -hmm. that transition, I think that's one of the keys of longevity is being able to see the market and see where you fit in the market. Right. So mm -hmm. there was no 20 something roles. So back then, for some reason in that, that in the nineties, so it was like either mm -hmm. you were teenage or college or like 30, but, but, <laughs> but I'd been going into those casting offices for 10 years. And even though I still looked young, they, that's what they'd say. Like, you've been coming in here for 10 years. Like, like we can't cast you as a kid anymore, you know? Right. So I was like, okay, I got to make this transition. So I was like, what can I do? And I thought, well, what I do, you know, what I know I could do is mad dogs. So I just grew my hair out again, combed it back, grew a goatee and said, I'm going to focus on, you know, mad dogs and television. And that's, I kind of went on like a decade run of, of playing yeah. a lot of, not all of them were just, you know, goateed looking bad guys, but I went right. on a really interesting run of um of guest stars and played some some, some amazing roles. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them would be uh, Diagnosis Murder. Mm -hmm. I played a character who was paralyzed on one side from a and was pretending to have cerebral palsy, and it, it, he was injured in a basketball accident. And he goes to like kills this basketball player, this guy who turned okay. probably, it, and then you know you come out at the end and it's like you know he assassinated me you know and, <laughs> but 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 like you know we're talking like a day to audition for prep for an audition mm -hmm. and then maybe three four days before you actually shoot it and this is pre-internet you know so, right. I so i was pretty proud that i was able to pull that off you know in, in, awesome. in such short order um but that's the thing some of the guest stars really afforded me some really great roles to explore um uh, that, and, that I, and on a lot of high profile shows like Seinfeld and, and uh, you know, I mean, that's yes. that's a big deal. Yeah, that was, stuff that's still in rotation on TV today. No, that's true. That was one of the first things I got when I, you know, put the head, put the back on. I you know, got to go get acting jobs. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that show was it was just, I've been on a lot of three camera shoot sitcoms, you know, uh, viewed mm -hmm. them, you know, saw people taping them and stuff. This show was on another level. It, it, it like cheers. It shot 35 millimeter, not, mm. not video. And it wasn't three cameras. It was five. So mm. it was like really, you know, shot more like, you know, film in that regard. Also, mm. they always have a person who, who's they, they, uh, they call the warm up person to keep the crowd energetic and telling them jokes. Mm -hmm. So, cause, cause after a few hours, you start getting a little bored. Right. Sure. And yeah. uh, well, but Jerry Seinfeld did that himself. Oh, no kidding. Really? So that, so that took that interaction with the crowd yeah. and everything to a whole different level. Oh, I, I can imagine. That's got to really get the crowd going. But, but it makes sense, right? He's a stand-up, yeah. right? So it Absolutely. makes sense that he would interact that's what with loves, stuff. Yeah, he loves to but, do. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, he could very clever, that very team. Clever. Yeah, and, yeah. and one more thing. They had a live band. So oh, like no in kidding. between as well, there'd be this band playing while they're setting up the next shots and this and that. And the other. So they found a, they just made it a much more rich experience for the audience. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, was just, it was just so classy. And then I always tell this story because 
you know, because Jerry Jerry was so cool to me. So the first time I was in the makeup trailer, I saw a bunch of pictures on the wall of of Porsches and particularly Porsche Speedsters, which has always been one of my favorite cars. Yeah. Never owned one, but always since I was a kid, <laughs> one of my favorite cars. And I was like, wow, why are these Porsche Speedsters? They're like, oh, Jerry's like a huge Porsche yeah. collector. And I was like, mm. oh wow, very cool. So uh, when I when I went I went up to him after and I said, oh man, I, I'm really into you know Speedsters and stuff. Are you a really good collector? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he, and he had he he had been driving I think a nine two four or something that day or whatever. Next day, you know, I come to set and he's like, hey. Come here, let's go out the parking lot. And he went in out of his way to go get, you know, he has this like garage that he has, you know, rents that he has all these cars at, and you know, that he went and got this sparse speedster and brought it to show me. And I oh, thought no that for a guy that that, that busy, yeah. this, believe me, he didn't have to go 30 minutes out of his way or whatever he did. And he just, it was this beautiful speedster with this sort of awesome. cream color blue I'd never seen before with a tan interior with wood grain and everything. I was like, if I ever, if I make a million dollars, we'll come back to Jerry and go, give me that car, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool though, that, you know. Uh, yeah, it was very cool. That. It was very yeah. cool. And he didn't have to do it. It just shows you the kind of person I think he is, you know? Yeah. And that's fantastic. And yeah. some of the, the, the films too, another big teen film from the, the 80s you were in was Can't Buy Me Love with Patrick yeah. Dempsey and um that was a pretty classic one how 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 was that experience was that well so I got really lucky with a lot of these independent films that then got picked up so like Hard Bodies was a Corman film that got picked up mm -hmm. by Columbia big deal mm -hmm. the trailer they built they made was genius Have you ever seen that trailer like mm -hmm. yes it's been rated a movie you know it was it was, <laughs> it was like the first ones to ever really do that yeah. you know? it was a brilliant campaign so 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 Can't Buy Me Love was originally called Boy Meets Girl and mm -hmm. it was a film for a company called Apollo Pictures, who myself and Gerardo Mihi had just did a motorcycle movie for it called Winners Take All. Mm -hmm. That, you know, now it's kind of people's kind of researched about it a little bit, but you know, low budget indie film. Yep. And so they were making this indie film called Boy Rents Girl. And I auditioned for the lead. And then they offered me, you know, and then I came back and read with Patrick for the best friend and got that. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, you know, we didn't know how good that thing was going to do. It was all right. And some of the, some of, there was some cheesy stuff and it's some tasteless jokes, blah, blah, blah. Then, then Disney picked the movie up. Mm -hmm. Touchstone, Touchstone. It was yep. it, that. It, uh, it, so Touchstone was like just starting this division called Touchstone. They picked the movie up, and we went back to Arizona, and they took out all the tasteless jokes and redid some reshoots and made it better. And then they spent a grip of money buying the title track. You know, can't buy me love, mm -hmm. like two hundred fifty thousand dollar kind of money <laughs> right, back in the eighties. Yeah, 80s. yeah. But, but 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 it it just completely you know elevated the the the, the quality of the of a theatrical release and it, and it paid awesome. off and the, oh, movie absolutely. Up, the movie ended up being the number three movie of the summer and their other film they picked up stakeout was number one so it was mm -hmm. like touchstone like bam splash yeah. big way yeah so they and jumped it, down the scene pretty big it certainly yeah. made and, uh made, made you know launched patrick dempsey's career that's for absolutely sure. And I, I remember just when it came out, that was a big movie we talked about a lot in school. You know, everybody's like, oh, did you see that one? Did you see that one? We rewatch it a lot. You know, we'd rent that one at the, the video. Oh, store. people still, you know, scream yeah. to me, you know, you know, you bleeped on my house and I still write that on icons, you know. So, no, it's, it's, yep. uh, it's, in, it's in the lexicon of, uh, you know, yeah. iconic quotes, you know. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, you and I'm looking just going over some of the shows because they're shows that I, I love that you were in, uh, oh, yeah. namely like Starman. Misfits of oh, Science, Starman. love yeah. Starman, uh, so much. Um, and like Misfits of Science was one of those shows that you know you watched all the time. I gotta be honest, I barely remember being in Misfits of Science. <laughs> I, I I think I worked a day or something, but I barely remember doing it. Uh, but Starman, I remember uh, uh, well. 
Um, shoot, I'm blanking. I blank on names under pressure. Robert. Robert Hayes and Robert uh, Hayes. So Robert Hayes. Gardens. So Robert Hayes. Um, just one of the nicest down to earth dudes you'll ever meet. So he did a movie with my acting mentor called Take This Job and Shove It. You remember that yep. movie? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, and they became friendly. And 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 so he, my acting teacher would have people come to class. So like Robert Hayes would often come hang out at our class. That's, that's cool. Which, which as a teenager was just like, oh, my God, it's like Robert Hayes. Like, you know, yeah. hanging out with us and getting to act with him. It was so great. So, so he you know got to know me at that point a bit and he directed that episode oh cool and so i i you know i had to audition but i had him leaning for you know rooting for me already mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. really freed me up in the room and i just slayed the audition and and cool. uh, and and i was i was really on a crazy roll at that point i was doing i was doing colors yes and Big. i and Big i was came shooting that in between and uh it was this movie that never, I don't know how well it did. It was called, I think it was called Miracle Mile. And I was doing this voiceover that was really important on that, that they ended up cutting my voice out. They got mad at me because I couldn't come back and do reshoots or something. Mm. I was just so busy. I was just, I was just working my arse off at that, at that <laughs> time. But getting to work with Robert, again, he's such a nice guy. He, you know, just gave me a ton of confidence to, to, to be, uh, to be, uh, you know, just a total bully and have mm -hmm. a good time doing yeah. it. So that was, that was, that one was a lot of fun for me to work on. Yeah. Um, well, let's kind of move into one of my favorites from that decade, um, which is the house behind me, Joe Dante's Burbs, one of those classic cult classic -y movies. Cult classic, yeah. It's yeah, so and great. I didn't, I didn't really know that until I started doing conventions about 15 years ago, because again, kind of a little bit pre-internet and all that. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks had just come off of Big, and Big, right. you know, went big. Huge. And Huge. so the ex so the expectations were there and it didn't do that kind of money in the box mm -hmm. office. So the sort of the producers mentality, and I was like, ah, it did all right. You know, Universal, oh, they were a little disappointed or whatever. So mm -hmm. that was sort of how that was left. But when it went on to DVD and cable and all that, mm -hmm. it ended up getting this cult following that once I started mm -hmm. doing conventions, you know, I came with just a couple some children of the corn pictures because I thought that's what anybody want. Everybody was coming right. like, Where's your burbs? Where's your burbs? Where's your burbs? Yeah. That's my number two seller. <laughs> You know, I uh, can imagine, yeah. And, and I mean, people, people who love that movie love it to death. Absolutely, you know? I love Joe Dante, and because yeah. he has that that tongue in cheek horror, you know, he touches on all those genres, mash them together, and that's the perfect blend. Mm -hmm. Just like Gremlin, it's just like that blend of the the best of those genres together. You're and what a great right. cast! What a great yeah. cast! I mean, oh, Carrie absolutely, Fisher, absolutely Rick right yeah, I mean, so but Joe great. Dante. I mean, you know, yeah, he, Wonderful. yeah, that's that's the driving force, obviously. To, uh, he was great to work with. I've worked with him a couple times. Uh, he's a super nice guy, and he he uh, probably more than any director was like gave me so much, you know, made decisions to 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 steer the character. Like, you know, mm -hmm. once I got the job was just a meeting. I was at that point where I was just having to take meetings, not audition, which was pretty amazing that's, that's why he cool. picked me honestly i'm not sure i don't know what i said that impressed him i have no idea but um he's like okay so first thing he's like you got the job now i want you to go find this like go find this like weird european accent but like nobody knows what it is like, <laughs> like okay so yeah. i you know so i got like these like norwegian tapes to start listening to but, like 
like not doing them quite exact, you know. But then he's right. like, okay, now go go get this like I want you to get this really bad haircut, you know, like like uh as like then he's like, come back and let me see you. And then he's like, okay, now go to these people and they're gonna make your teeth. Now when the teeth are done, I want you to come back and see me. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, now go to this wardrobe person. You're gonna wear these leader hose, and I picked the I picked the material. So like he would like, really like. Yeah. knew what he wanted and then kept making me come back with all these at you know here's the bad haircut now here's mm-hmm. the here's the leader hose now and then he would start laughing and going you're never gonna work again you're never gonna work again you know he was really great he was really great but then you know obviously you know you have a a tom hanks who is just the most down-to-earth a-list actor there is in my opinion you know, for the people I've worked, and I've worked with some big, you know, big, you know, some pretty big people, right? Absolutely. But I'd say he's by far the most just down to earth Americana. Likes to sit there on set, smoking a cigar, listen to a radio of the of a baseball game. Like he could, you know, uh, he could say, "Give me a giant screen TV out here to watch." Right. No, he wants, he wants to listen to it on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's just nostalgia, right? Yeah. But when you have a guy that's like that, then that just sets the tone, right? If he's not a prima donna in any way, shape, or form, then nobody else can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he sets the tone. So right, right. So that and, and he's he's just such a nice guy over the years. He's all you know. I've auditioned for you know stuff at Playtone. He's always been so great to me. Anything he do to help me, he's always done. Like and I've never you know I I should have kept better in touch with him over the years. After the movie, he was like, "Keep in touch. I don't know what you're doing." And I was too young to like, you know, like I right. ah, doesn't really mean it, you know, whatever. But he's right. always been supportive of me, and I I, I really appreciate that. But Bruce Dern's my guy. Okay. Yes. Oh, he's wonderful. Like I've always been a huge Bruce Dern fan. Yeah. That right. guy plays an asshole better than anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he is he like you want to play. You want to learn how to play. You know the dozens or play the yeah the, dirty dozen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? The 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 the, uh, the the responses that are always nasty back or whatever. Yeah. A lot of those are him just doing improvs too. No he's kidding. So oh, he's so sharp. He's so that's great. I mean, some of the best lines in 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 the movie of his are are improvs. You know, that was a ten on the Richter scale, Rube. That was that was one. Hey, Pinocchio, <laughs> where you going? That's right, another yeah, one, yeah. which is famous. People always yes. say that to me all the time. <laughs> um, um, yeah, he's he's. Uh, but but I mean, but be, be, before working on the Burbs, I was just a huge fan of his, and yep. uh, he really took a liking to my work and really took me under his wing and was really really complimentary and really gave me good advice and. He's another one I wish I had kept in touch more with in hindsight because he had all those years of experience and he get, he gave me some really good advice that I was able to follow once I once I was done with that movie. But years later, I got to do another movie with him called Hellblazer. That's just mm-hmm. a little movie I think that came straight to Tubi or something. Had all these recognizable <laughs> yeah. horror people, but uh, yeah. it was so great to get to see him again and just say, you know, all those years later, like how much of an impact, you know, what you said, you know, had on me mm-hmm. and meant to me and. And then at seven, he just kicked my ass in the scene, you know, like his, his mind so sharp. He's just talking smack to me, you know, my character just, I couldn't keep up with him. You know what I mean? Like That's his awesome. improv skills are just so, he's so quick and you're just going, yeah, this, you know, I'm just getting my ass kicked here by Bruce Dern right now. You know, and I don't say that very often, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, but yeah. he's just, he's just a, he's a force, man. He's right. a force. <laughs> But but it's got to feel. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, I just I I love this conversation because Kyle and I we've had this conversation with a couple of folks too. Of when you meet your hero, or you meet someone that you kind of live up to, and you're like, 
you never know what it's going to be. Is it going to be who you expect or mm-hmm. is it going to be they're going to totally shatter it where you're like, you know what? I don't know if I want I can be a fan of yours because of the treatment. So it's really good to hear that because we, you know, as fans and audience members don't get to see what you get to see. Right. And to hear that, that Bruce Dern is the guy we think he is and that Tom Hanks is down to earth and mm-hmm. even Cesar Romero. It's just really cool to hear yeah. that because had you know run-ins with you know some of our heroes and we're like we were just why you know i always tell the good stories i don't like to tell the bad stories <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't bring up any of the bad ones but it's, right <laughs> it's that, not my style yeah. right but but, right. But, yeah. but like you said the ones that are good it's important for me to let people know that they are because mm-hmm. uh, that i appreciated what they've done for me because uh you know they didn't have to but you're absolutely right i have especially at conventions and this and that i've met plenty of people Mm. that i respected that then i that then ended up like ended up like dickweeds and <laughs> yeah we've had and, that happen and you know uh i don't want to see anything they're in after that that's the straight up truth like it, killed, yeah. it, killed, it kills it for me because yeah. when i see it i just start thinking about my bad experience with them mm-hmm. and and in the conventions and i've said this before where i don't have sympathy is this here's the job description show up at a table where people are happy to meet you and will mm-hmm. pay you money to sign your name on things. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe Blow, anybody in America would love to have that job. Mm-hmm. And these fools are sure. sitting there, you know, acting like grumpy and that they deserve better in life or something. Mm-hmm. You know what? Then go lay bricks for a living. Go on, sure. and, you know, go to Arizona <laughs> in 100 degree weather and put on roofs because yeah. this is the easiest freaking job that exists. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I don't get exhausted after like the Saturday long oh, day. Yeah. Here's why. Because I'm not used to being nice to people for that long. Right? You're, you know what I'm saying? You're smiling all day long, right? right. It's exhausting. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine. I mean, just sign yeah. in some documents for five minutes. Sometimes your hand hurts. I'm like, to or, you know, have to ask someone to do all day long signing on. I could see that. And I totally, un- I uh, respect or, that. Or just, you've heard but, a story. You're hearing a story that maybe you've heard a hundred times. But for mm-hmm. this person, they drove four hours mm-hmm. to come tell you that one story. Now, look, when I meet someone that's a hero of mine, I have that story. I want to tell my story, too. You know what sure. I mean? So you got I, I'm present and I'm listening and I'm engaged. I'm just saying to be that engaged for that many hours, 10 hours or whatever mm-hmm. it is on Saturdays can be exhausting. It is. So I can be said, come on, dude, it's the easiest job in the freaking world. Yeah. So like, those, what are you doing are, sitting here? Like, you know, you know, go, then don't do it. It's a choice. They're paying the movie ticket price. They're paying for cable to watch you perform and, if you walk out and there's no audience clapping, it's like, well, you, you know, like that, you why, you ruining, why are you ruining these people's day? They came to see you. They're happy <laughs> right. to see you, you know, mm-hmm. just be nice. You know, I remember one time I was you know, having breakfast with my, one of my best friends. Uh, he had moved to Portland and somebody stopped, you know, somebody, you know, jumped in the middle of it and asked, started talking to us, whatever. And when they left, you said, you know, you realize you just made that person's day. Right. And I just never forgot right. that. You have that power every mm-hmm. at conventions all day long to like you you can ruin somebody's day, right? Or you can make their day, yeah. and very few people are in that position in life, right? Like it, you know, it doesn't take that much effort to be kind, man. Oh, absolutely. And I, one of our our uh, our encounters at a convention uh, we met, she was absolutely incredible. She's been on our show. She's she's a dear friend. Uh, just just those kind of moments where you can connect with someone and just. You know, you make more than just a a brief hello, how are you? It becomes, you know, you, you build a friendship impact. from yeah. that. It's pretty cool. Right. You absolutely yeah. can. It's 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 you know, it's 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 a highlight for them. So don't forget that. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. And you, you've been able to connect with people that we, I mean, we never really thought we'd be doing podcasts and having conversations with, with, you know, with you. I mean, this is great. I mean, yeah, this is awesome. that we grew up with the shows and just being able to hear these stories is just like a prize for us. Like this is incredible. Uh, in because you've been able to touch so many characters and work with people that we have just been following for our whole lives, including you. And I'm like, this is just, uh, just a dream to come true for us. And I mean, and this is a, something we're going to carry for a long, I try to keep that in perspective too. And I'm doing these podcasts. I know that people are doing these podcasts are doing them because they're fans first, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. that's, it's for the love of the game, right? That's, Absolutely. that's why you're here. It's not like you're yeah. making a million dollars doing this. No. So, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I keep that in mind too. I want, I want, you know, I want you guys to have a good experience. Right. So, mm-hmm. so and here we is. are. Having a good experience. Loving it. Love so it. far, so good. Not gonna yeah. <laughs> Lots of fun. Just don't talk about no. I would say though, I remember, um, you know, like uh, it's certain times, like seeing some of the movies, like remembering your characters in those movies. And I remember us, we went and saw Don and I went and saw um, Memphis Bell, like opening weekend. We went, wow. and saw it. we were like, because you know, oh, we, cool. I love World War II stories. And yeah. I know, Don, you're a big fan of the the, the plane and, 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 and yeah. yeah. And that cast of characters, I'm like, yes. when, I, when I think of the B-17, there's two things. It's uh, Spielberg's um, amazing stories because of right. that one, but the B-17, yeah. that was cool. But then to, you know, see Memphis Bell, and I'm like, and just the ensemble, like, it just clicks. It's just like, mm-hmm. I, it was believable. And I'm like, I love the fact, I'm like, I forgot that Harry Connick Jr. was a singer, you know, but he's singing in the, and all these people that we kind of grew up with, I'm like, I'm watching that yeah. uh, so much that I fell in love with the plane and the story. Um Three years ago, four years ago, I actually got to go for a ride in a B seventeen. Oh, nice! Uh, locally here, and it was it was so incredible. But that's all I kept thinking about was the whole movie, and I'm up in the nose, and I'm in the cockpit, yeah. in the back, and I'm thinking <laughs> of your characters. Of oh, it was that's just awesome. cool. So yeah, that the, the movie had a huge huge impact on me, and now you yeah, know I have it, more more amazing, impact. Amazing stories. That amazing stories was awesome, and a bunch oh, of fantastic. bunch of guys because again, same era. I auditioned for that actually. And, oh no kidding. Yeah, for Spielberg and stuff. Yeah, and I think he was really being uh, uh, really true to. I think that uh, even I'm five ten. That was too tall to be in the planes. Oh, he was like being like that about yeah. it. Like he was really being like that. But a few guys that I'm, you know, guys I worked with and were friends with, uh, Casey Shamasco and uh, JJ oh, yeah. Cohen were in that thing. And I was, yep. I was hella jealous, you know, when oh, they yeah. got it. I didn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Casey, I can't wait, at the, the end of, at the end of Memphis Bell, I'm like, if they just had that cartoonist, they, they would have to crank that wheel. Them. <laughs> How would you about? not be thinking about that? <laughs> right? It's like, it's I like, yeah, we just had, yeah, we just had, uh, you know, Spielberg telling this story. There it would have been wrong uh-huh. from right in, you know. Or two wheel dropping, they're good to go. But uh, so, but yeah, yeah, those are the two most, you know, of, of the era. Certainly, the most that you identify with the B seventeen for sure. That's, yeah. Absolutely, and I think even today. That's what I'm still thinking about when I when I think of that. Last year from that era, been... though, like there was tons of war movies made yes. before that. You know, that's for yeah. sure, and good ones. You know, yes. really. Absolutely. But it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was such a class act project to be part mm-hmm. of all of the guys, you know, we don't keep in touch all the time or anything by any stretch. Sean Aston's probably the person I know best from it. Cause we, cool. we were, we were, uh, we both had girlfriends who weren't there. The other people had either their wives, or their girlfriends or the single guys were all running around. So we were like white knuckling and waiting for our girlfriends to come. So we, we sort of bonded together. He's, he's, yeah. he's a super nice guy, but uh, that's cool. 
but 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 you know that movie had uh the production had four oscars on it the the mm -hmm. cinematographer mm -hmm. the uh production designer who Stuart craig you just see in every english movie still to this day um the editor and the producer so like it was like the level of of you yeah. know coming into from the jump was just was just huge and we got to shoot it at famous pinewood studios in the uk mm -hmm. and uh you know so it was just top notch and we all every time we were like we're chasing that experience for the rest of our career because that was just yeah so so yeah. amazing that's awesome so now let's talk about you you mentioned you had a band so yeah a few yeah yeah so now you're still you're coming out with music you're you're releasing uh an album now i i believe yeah yeah so to roll it back just a little bit so 2020 like everybody else during the pandemic you start looking in in you know starting going like who who knows how long you're going to be around like you know like right. life is short like what matters and mm -hmm. i'd been sitting on a lot of music material that i've written over the years that i hadn't gotten out and and that's what you know the inner voice said was like you really want to get your music out and that that coupled with being able to do research now on the internet and realizing that there's a lot of technology now that you can do a lot of home studio stuff now. To, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't before. And that was a, a big part of the conversation was I don't have, you know, how am I going to make my money back going into the studio? So, mm -hmm. so that freed me up. So the first thing I did was put out a record in 20 or four, put out five songs in 2021 called acoustic gains volume one. Oh, and that cool. was all acoustic songs. And, uh, and at the same time, the previous band I was in ripple street that I'd been in on and off for years uh, we put out four singles mm. and that really kind of got that ball rolling again. I was, you know, I was doing vocals from, you know, in my closet, you know, and, and, and you know, things like that. And, and, you know, for the ripple street and then sending it off to these guys and then they're mixing. And it's like, I was like, Oh mm. man, it's like, I can do this now. I'm like more freed yeah. up to do it. So that was 2021 into 2022. And then end of 2022, I started tracking this record safe Haven mm. and it has six songs and three songs are, are, from the past and three songs were stuff I currently wrote the three songs for the past were all in a movie that I produced a starting called Benny Bliss and the Disciples of Greatness that came out in I think 2009 2006 um it took a while to come out from the time we shot it to get it released but um it's a it's a movie that was kind of taking off my own rants of anti-technology so it starts with this guy getting electric shock treatment who wakes up to he gets a message from God that we become too addicted to all of our our, our technology, we're no longer paying attention to creation itself. So he commandeers this band and then it sort of creates this whole thing and then culminates in this vortex in the desert where, you know, you, none of that stuff can, your phone doesn't work and all of that. And it's a third, the last thing is like a 15 minute band playing. It's like for real. And it's like live, all of it. Oh, nice. Probably the most out of net I've ever been as an actor, but the band is all like legit guys. Like the hmm. bass player, Corey, uh, Corey Brits now plays in Bush. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like people have gone on to do like really good stuff. Awesome. And, uh, and uh, uh, so that, so, so three, so we were supposed to do a soundtrack mm -hmm. off of that movie. And I written some, some of these songs I had from the past and some of them I had written for the movie, but we never did. So I've been sitting on these songs for a long time. The one that mm -hmm. kind of spawned the movie is one of the tracks called big brother. That the chorus is who knew big brother would turn out to be you because mm -hmm. truth now, right. 1984, yeah. George, that was going to be the TV spying on us, which right do to some degree, but are our phones. But really, they gave us these phones. We're like, hey man, like you know, film yourself everywhere, and we can right. track everywhere you go. Right. We yeah. on Big Brother, haven't we? 
Right, right. We've accepted Big Brother. We've embraced Big Brother. <laughs> we love it because it's a yeah. van- all about our own vanity, right? It's like we're, mm-hmm. we're we're what is Facebook but our highlight reel of our life? Look at all mm-hmm. the look at us here doing this or right. look at me here doing that. It's I always tell my son, do not compare yourself to other people's highlight reels. Right. They're not showing none of the bad stuff. Matter of fact, the people who look the happiest are the ones that end up like, you know, unfortunately, like killing themselves or something crazy. Right. 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 Wonderful, rosy pictures. But like that isn't their real life, you know, which is. Yeah. We don't see the behind the scenes. (laughs) Oh, I mean, you you see it's always on these datelines and things. These people, Mm. they're out doing like they're they're traveling, doing some roads, you know, podcast their lives and making it all look rosy. And then something really bad happens. Right. 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 Uh, Yeah. And I think but it's, it's unfortunate because people get depressed because they compare themselves to some woman who's 40 years old who shows a picture of herself that then she doctors up to look like she's 20. And they're like, I don't look as good mm-hmm. as her. Yeah, neither does she. And you're falling for her. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's right. like, it's well, just, yeah. So yeah. the movie was kind of ahead of its time. It's probably something that yeah, we, we rediscover. We made that movie. It was flip phones. It's only gotten worse <laughs> and worse but so the bottom line is i've been sitting on these songs for a long time so and i wanted to put them out so mm. i had those plus three new ones and they were all these songs were all uh, in the genre of you know rock but storytelling mm. whereas i listen to my other stuff some of it's like very personal and this and that like the acoustic stuff's more personal um this is like these are all storytelling songs so like mm. and, and there's things i wanted to call like you know things that i find you know absurd like a song i have one called bills in space that's basically for billionaires in space. And it's about the billionaire space race, mm-hmm. which, which I personally consider the giant biggest ego trip on the planet today. And I agree with you on that. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do, right? That's yeah. what I've been finding out is life is like, yeah, man. But, but it's like, I would like those three dudes, those three, you know, great minds, obviously top mm-hmm. one centers. How about they take that same, you know, same energy and figure mm-hmm. out homelessness and feel yeah. How about that? Yeah, a hundred percent. There's so but many other things we should fix here. Monetize it, they would. Yeah. Yes. If the it can't be monetized, right. That's the sad <laughs> problem of it all. So, right. so, so now there's song called The Healer that's told from the point of view of a plastic surgeon, you know, mm. talk, telling a woman why, you know, why you should let her, you know, what he's going to do for her, you know? So mm. kind of like it's fun, but I'm pointing at things that I find, you know, shallow. <laughs> right. That's interesting. That's kind of a cool uh, angle to take on that. That's cool. Well, that's why I put these particular songs together and only made an EP because that, those are the ones I had that fit that. It's yeah. not a down, but they all fit. There's a topic there, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of cool that you have that that ability now to do this in your home. You don't have to rent the right. studios. You don't have to do all these well, extra drums, things. You got to go to the studio. There's just too complicated. You have like five mics being done. So you, and, and right. Right. So I just had to take go to the studio for drums. But yeah, you can mix now. I mean, I brought in a mixer to help me. So I'm not on that level. But again, it became more affordable mm-hmm. that I could at least not completely lose my shirt in the process. putting mm-hmm. my. So so it's so, so so this record's coming out October 2nd. One song's cool. already been released called Lookout. That is if I can make a music video, be film noir. It's about a boxer who's told by the mob. He's got to throw a fight. So that's kind of the, the idea of that one. Cool. And um, so you can hear that song. You got to go to fakefangs.com. That's where the, rec- the record label that picked it up. We're not going through Spotify. We're not going through iTunes. None of that. I've been through all that. They don't do nothing for you. Mm. So we're going to go our, we're going to do our, you know, garage band, our, not garage band. What's that thing called? Uh, okay. Indie label. Yeah. Well, it's an indie label, but through the, I forget what it's called. Everybody can get, you know, more support as an individual artist. Oh yeah. Like the local record stores and. 
Oh, no, I'm talking about platform. I can't, like, garage something or other. I can't, I don't know. I can't oh, think. okay. Uh, yeah, I know the one you mean. Uh, yeah, now I, I know the one you mean. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, garage. It's like garage being something. Yeah. Right, so, 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 Fake Fangs record label, fakefangs.com is where you can get it. And you got to buy the whole record. We're not selling individual songs. Cool. So, but right now, you can listen to Lookout. We'll put out a single. You can hear it if you, you can listen to it as many times as you want. If you like it, you can pre order the album. If you pre order the album, you can get it personally signed to you or a CD. So, we're doing a oh, limited cool. run of 500 CDs, which I love is old school. I love our physical yeah. copies, you know. I love the physical copies. But you <laughs> digi download, or you, mm. or you can new digi download for a couple bucks less and mm-hmm. um and so that's how we're, that's how we're putting this thing out so um it's it's a little bit different but i i really like it i'm, I'm really happy to have a label supporting me and helping design yeah. the packaging and doing you know and, and putting some skin in the game to help make the cds and all that stuff so that's awesome i, I love that the idea that you're embracing that lost art of the concept record you know that's something that you don't see much anymore yeah yeah i wouldn't quite call it a concept or it's not like dark side of the moon which is right no sure but but there is sub there's storytelling subject matter. Yeah. So right. I'll give it I'll, I'll give it that. And it's tied together in some way, which is kind of cool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. That, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um there was one thing I do want to ask because this is more for my my uh my wife, but she she's a huge fan of the middle. <laughs> oh yeah. So so uh and, and I know you had a guest spot on on there, I yeah. believe, at one point. So yeah, she was like, What well, was make sure you ask him about the middle? So I was like, because yeah we'd love that one was it was just an offer which i rarely get offers for television you usually have to go down there you know uh, and audition for them mm-hmm. and the second part was that it, i lived in toluca lake at the time and uh warner brothers is very near there and then they have mm-hmm. their warner brothers uh offshoot which is like uh of sort of big like, like this is not right on the lot it's down the mm-hmm. street um i forget what they call it they call it like warner brothers east or something i don't know right couple blocks from my house so that was like great i just walked to work so <laughs> love cool. that love that offer and i could just walk to work that's that's that, awesome you can't beat that now that being so those are two perks but that being said uh it was a very nice group of people uh cast couldn't have been nicer and uh and and uh i had a good time doing it so that's awesome um cool. yeah i got to work with some really good people and cool. was happy with that so I mean, what, what more can be said? You've, you've said it all. What what a career. I mean, a- amazing stuff. Even up to the, what was the current one? Wrath of Becky. That was. Uh... Got a couple things that came out recently. Uh, so, so I live in Savannah now. So mm-hmm. and part of that, part of that was to open up the Southeast market because it, things were slowing down a little bit in LA and I could see that pasty white boys weren't in vogue. 50 year old pasty white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Time to bail. So I did. I'm glad I did. It's been about five years now, but it also opened up the whole Southeast market, which I always tell people this because they may not know. So everybody thinks Atlanta, which it, that's the that's the base. Mm-hmm. But basically the Southeast market is like 400 miles in any direction. Mm-hmm. So there's working in Alabama. There are actors working in North Carolina mm-hmm. where you can you. It's a big. So I've worked in North Carolina. I've worked in I've worked in Georgia. I've worked in mm-hmm. um, uh, Tennessee. Like so it's right. open a whole thing there but also new york is only an hour and a half flight right so new york is available to me my girlfriend's from new york and her family's from new york so i could even if i have to do local hire the price is right i can do it because nowadays they're really into that local hire thing like that's mm-hmm. like and uh, and that opened the door to new york for me last year and i really made the intention to work in there so i did two gigs in new york i did 
Wrath of Becky, which was mm-hmm. a sequel to a movie called Becky that came out in 2020. And I knew I knew during the pandemic, I said, grow this beard and the, uh, you know, redneck yeah. characters will come, you know. Again, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I was like, this is what's going to happen, because during the pandemic is when everybody went crazy, you know, like mm-hmm. all the left and the right and the Donald Trump and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hollywood is going to be making movies you know, that are anti, these are going to be the bad guys mm-hmm. and like grow the beard and the role will come. And, and that's exactly what happened. So I play these, these characters Work. called, which is a takeoff on the proud boys. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who, you know, is spends way too much time on 4chan, which I didn't even know what 4chan was before. I <laughs> but the coolest thing I got to do was the most interesting challenge was they were like, can you play banjo? And I'm like, you know, I play guitar. I said, if, you know, give me a banjo and let me see mm-hmm. if I can figure it out. And so I figured it out. I figured out some way to write a song to the lyrics that they wrote, which were very outrageous. Like, get out of my country if you ain't as white as me. We're the noblemen. We're standing back and standing by for the land of the free. You That's know, awesome. I over the top, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's great. Where, where was that shot in New York? That was shot actually. It was it was casting was out of New York. It was actually shot in Jersey, just uh, okay. uh, in the rural part. Uh, yep. Same same location where they shot Prince of Tides, I think. That location, mm. very yeah. cool cabin, super cool with this yeah. lake. And they kept telling the story was Nick Nolte. They couldn't get him off the lake. He kept getting on the boat and going fishing. They kept going like Nick, come back. We, we need to shoot. shoot. Yeah, man, I got, I got something. <laughs> so I didn't do that. I didn't get on the boat and go fishing. Yeah. That's that's apparently the Nick Nolte story, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> that is great. Came out really good. I'm really happy with the 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 you know the directorialness, the cinematography, the cutting, the performances, um, and it's doing pretty well. But the other thing I did was I got cast by Rockstar Video Games, mm-hmm. and they have they have a big place there in New York, and it was actually in Long Island, not far from where my my uh, my uh my girlfriend's family though so i just stayed there and said like they would have put me in a hotel down down downtown but i was like not nah, i'm gonna i'm five ten minutes away man like make right. it easy. so that's what we did but they wouldn't tell me rockstar is a you know big 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 company and they would they would not tell me what we were doing they were keeping it super secret a couple of people were like it might be gta like a couple of the actors and stuff and i was right. like really i don't know turned out it was gta it was that's G- awesome Los santos drug wars their, their online game mm. December, the first part, came, and I know it was going to end up being two-parter as well. First part came out in December. Second part came out in March. And I play this really fun character named Lab Rat, who's the dude who makes all the acid for the for the, <laughs> the, oh, for the That's the, cool. And it's I, I call it my ode to Dennis Hopper because it's very like, hey, man, right. what's going on? You know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome. I read the dialogue and made me think of Dennis Hopper. Drugs, mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper, right? Right, so, right. So that was my ode to my best ode to Dennis Hopper. It was an amazing experience, awesome. a ton of fun. The director was great and he was constantly forcing you to like push the boundary of what you were doing and like say, can you do this? And it was like no time to say yes or no, or I'd like to prep. It's like go, sink or swim. Right. And it was a lot of fun. You'll be in those, in those suits, you know, the bubble suits, and they have this camera that looks like a football helmet on, this little camera to get your facial recognition. And, but it was kind of cool because everybody's in the same uniform. It's like there's no rank. We're all just in it together. You know, the smallest roles and the biggest roles. Yeah. Is just working, which I prefer. I'm I'm an ensemble type guy. It's not about, you know, who's mm-hmm. the biggest guys. It's like, it's like we're all working together, right? Yeah. So 
that had that kind of spirit. And you can go online and if you type in Lab Rat or you know, a GTA, you can find these the uncut scenes, which is cool. the actual scenes, not the ones that people are playing. Yeah. And it's character's hilarious, man. It's That's he, fun. It's what it's really, really fun. So a couple of really good things last year. So I'm very That's very, awesome. Uh, and it's it's I'm it's great to hear that you're still, you know, you're still busy, you're still but you're you're doing your own thing too. And you're kind of right. you know, really, That's really really enjoying the, it. That's really the difference doing the music, you know, and, and, and I have a band now called Courtney, you know, just not even just going for it this time, Courtney Gaines Group, you know. So nice. and I and I switched from guitar, my previous band, Ripple Street, to bass. So I'm bass oh, cool. and singing, and I play some acoustic guitar some, but the main reason was is out here in Savannah, it's a it's a tourist town. Southeast really supports music. So there's lots of clubs and bars cool. and places to play with, but they and they'll pay you, but you gotta play. For three hours, you got to play three 45-minute sets. That's a mm. lot of material. That was a mm-hmm. jump to what I was doing in L.A., playing like 45 minutes of original material. So where they don't pay, you just got to bring people in, that kind of deal. So I had to learn, really finally take on learning covers, about 70% covers. But I also felt like I needed a better guitar player to carry the band. You know, because now mm. you're doing like, <laughs> a lot of lead work. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're getting the songs out, right? You're playing mm-hmm. for five-minute sets. So, so made the switch. And for the last nine months, that's what we've been doing and playing mm. steadily and becoming weekend warriors and getting awesome. paid. So I can keep a good band because I can pay them. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's all been about gearing up to hit the road for this record. That's what it's been oh, about. Awesome. And that's so uh, the coolest first thing we're doing uh, is a place called Haunted Pyramids in, in Lawton, North Carolina. They're going to be two nights of, of, of bands, all metal bands, except my band. <laughs> the 14th in lot North Carolina at this haunted ha- haunted attraction. It's gonna be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. That sounds like fun. Play some black <laughs> with war pigs. That's how heavy there you go. that's about as heavy as we can go. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a blast. So oh, you're probably I gotta pull out the banjo for that one. Yeah. <laughs> war pigs on banjo. <laughs> you know, uh lines and all of rock and roll is uh you know uh the uh you know on the on the knees of where pigs crawling, uh, you know, are uh, uh, pray, praying mercy for their sins. Satan laughing spreads his wings. I always thought that was one of the baddest rock and roll lines. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love playing that song. So I can't play yeah. that a lot. Some of the some of the bars we play are like that's just a little too heavy for them. So, but for these guys, it's going to be like yeah, yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully your tour will lead you up to New York where we're at. We definitely uh, check you out. So for sure, but Eric, you so. Guys. We're in uh, Central, right around Syracuse, Utica area. Right on, right so, on. Oh yeah, which cool. which I... has become a huge hub for movie making. There's a, a studio out here now. It's called um, uh, American High, and they do a lot of uh, teen comedies, which has been sort of the genre. They bought a high school up here, and they're shooting movies left and right, which has been pretty cool. Really, what's is that the production company's name? Yes. What's the... American High. J- Jeremy Garlick is the man. Uh, he wrote the movie The Breakup. Okay, Vince Vaughn, and uh, he he just directed Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston in that murder mystery too for Netflix, yep. but he he uh, runs it. And if you go on Hulu, their movies are all over Hulu. They have a deal with Hulu to release everything. They they're cool. fantastic stuff, uh, which I've been enjoying. So, cool. Maybe so yeah, we're up there and do yeah. Something. That's what I'm saying. Come on up, come to Syracuse, oh, play play with your band, that. shoot mm-hmm. a movie, <laughs> do it. Be awesome. So on the, on the note of the tour, excuse me, is um, so children of the corn 40th anniversary is next year. So going to be doing a lot of cons, obviously, and big ones. Yeah. So and one of the things we're doing that's kind of cool, though, is um, 
this guy Steve I know has a 35 millimeter print of corn uh, he's like a this guy's a huge huge movie collector so mm -hmm. we're looking to do like some 35 millimeter prints where we do like a Q and a and then the band plays VIP thing so that's kind of in the oh, work that's cool along with all the convention stuff so it's gonna try to tie this music stuff in with the corn push because this yeah, is my cool. calling my swan song I, I I've been doing conventions now for I don't know 15 16 years mm -hmm. I, I keep saying i want to be the old dude who can't get out of his seat to take pictures or has to get wheeled <laughs> so yeah. it's time to leave on a high note you know i could still stand <laughs> right, right, right. In. Yeah, i've seen that lately it's yeah i think uh yeah. liam daniels is on his scooter coming in and you know shatner on his scooter yeah they're all they're all <laughs> yeah. their scooters. yeah get out like learning pictures, right but what do i like and what don't i like and i'm like mm -hmm. be like okay william shatner does he need the money no come on no, no. but <laughs> but you know he's still whatever likes to be relevant i guess you mm -hmm. know that yep. way came to see a play i did years ago nice guy but i'm just saying like for me i'm like i don't i don't i don't need that you know what i mean i was never right. maybe so big that i'm gonna miss not being so big i don't know i'm cool i'm ready to ride off into the sunset a little bit so yeah i don't blame you You've got so many other great talents that you can share, you can do, you can, you weave in yeah. and out of them. So, which is great. Whereas they may only have that one thing that they're really good at, where you can, you can enjoy the acting and voiceover. The music. That's yeah. my, I, that's my take on it. Cause they don't need, they don't mm -hmm. need money no more. I mean, come yeah. on, you know, does not yeah. need the money. So he really like what a hundred dollars or something for his autograph, which is like, yeah, I think it's up there. Yeah. Mine's like 40 <laughs> bucks, you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so when it started, it was twenty bucks, but inflation. Yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta move it up. You gotta move it up. <laughs> they put me over at the bargain side. You know, <laughs> that's good because those are the people that will gravitate more towards. Because they're like, I don't have the money for the hundred. I can go to the guy that's a little. No, if you're Ooh. a trekkie, man, you gotta have. Yeah. Help. Oh, yeah. You're gonna put the money. For no, well, we did, and we were disappointed. We did, and that's yeah, when we, we got to meet the 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 lady that we admired and we become kind of friends with and yep. been able to hang out with. But we She's went wonderful. to go see Shatner and really weren't impressed, and we're like, we spent a lot of money, but she uh, took the time to have conversations with us, engage yeah. with us, you know, just had a connection. And I, and twenty years later, ran into her and said, "You made an impact on that day." Like we went excited to see him. And we left more excited that we got to meet. We you talked about, yeah, we talked about her for, for months yeah, after that. Really, truly so, and, yeah. that, and that's what this has been really about too, is us being able to, you know, learn these stories and hear some really great mm -hmm. things. Most people don't get to know. And now we can share that of, you know, mm -hmm. like they re might remember someone in a movie or in a TV show or they wrote something, but bring a whole different level of, you know, what they've been up to and the talents that they have and, and those stories that no one's ever heard before that we can really share to yeah. really accelerate our fandom and, you know, of, of what we've watched over the 80s and 90s and admired. And and so it's, we can't thank you enough to... to different age. Interventions and this kind of thing, you know, fans have more access than ever before, you know? Absolutely. It's and awesome. technology has, has brought that to us. That's how it is. But I think overall it's good because it's it's yeah. uh, it allows the people who actually, you know, maybe care the most to be able to talk to the people that they want to talk to. So, yeah. And then the technology part has been really cool because while we were talking, I got on the website and I already ordered your CD. So we're good to go. <laughs> awesome. I get it. So yeah, yeah. I definitely got to get that too. Wanna so sure fakefangs.com, right? On there or whatever, however you communicate all that. So if you want me yeah. to say something, put it on there. I'll be happy. Sweet. To do oh, cool. No. Fakefangs.com. I mean, I just made two sales, man. It's been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I it was a CD. I went to the high one. I didn't get the digital download. I want. I'll be all right. Hard mm-hmm. cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything to support. Yeah, awesome. that's we're, yeah. we're huge absolutely. Fans I love love hearing the stories, and yeah, as I think one of you know the Burbs and, and Memphis Bell, obviously the two that yeah are, are go to. So and, I still and now, say anytime I put something on a cracker or something, I was like sardine. Yeah, there you go, sardine. <laughs> associated with yeah. sardines and corn that's kind of summed up yeah. Like. yeah it it came with the frame couple of foods i i one of my best friends her last name is nap so he he has ptsd yes. watching the, yeah because he's like <laughs> you know yes i think they're killing the family so <laughs> let me know this is your one and only chance right oh never maybe not be maybe i'll run into you in syracuse but absolutely other things you're curious about you know ask away or if we're done awesome. we're done yeah well we definitely would love to have you back because i'm sure there's so much more we could talk about plus you know if there's anything new you you have and want to share there'd be always welcome so but yeah absolutely had such a great time so much fun chatting with you so thanks guys thank you so much so fakefangs.com right that's correct fake fangs and you can you find my socials uh you know i have the band courtney Gaines group facebook page courtney Gaines page and i have an instagram page those you'll know they're me even if there's not a check on it because the stuff that's posting they no one would have so Excellent. That's All right. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure, guys. You all take care. Thank you thank so you. much.